Ladies and gentlemen, straight from the Straight Red Plex, you are listening to Straight Red. I am your host, Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, the only American banned from Puerto Rico, Alex S. Gibbler. <laughs> Alex, how? That's part of the country. I don't understand. What it, happened? It's immeasurably difficult to get banned from, like, a territory, but not any states of the Union. Oh, trust me. I've been trying to get you banned from New York, and it has not gone well, through. How keep did trying. you get banned? I from ate too many plantains. Well, I don't know. What are you giving me? Mm-hmm. You're giving me nothing. Give me something better than that. That's just pathetic. Mm-hmm. I like how you complain when you can't handle it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the issue. That's the this nature of this teamwork. Every week. I give you Unless gold. you mention me mashed potatoes. Yeah, I give you gold, <laughs> and you just drop it. Ugh. I'm going to take an improv class. That would help a lot. Taught by Jeff Ross. I used to teach him. Yeah, I know. You did. <laughs> I'd kick you out. $700,000. That's your, that's your comeback for everything. Not for everything. Just anything related to you owing me $700,000. <laughs> How are you, Jeff? You know, I'm good earlier this week. It's not a good story, but earlier this week, I was just having a lot of trouble sleeping. That's a shame. Made no sense. And it's so upsetting when that happens because you realize, like, sleep is great, folks. It is the best. And when you're not sleeping, but there's no reason why you're not sleeping, yeah. it is infuriating. Yeah, it like, really if were, is. If you were also sick, you'd be like, well, you know, I got the flu. <laughs> like, you've got no. an excuse. Or like, oh, I had this really tough project I had to finish. Or I had to, like, get up super early. Like, something weird. There was nothing strange. Like, work for me starts at 9 a.m. There's nothing weird about that. You know, like, that's not an unusually early hour. Right. So. I don't have to make some grand plan to like, oh, I have to be in bed at 8 o'clock. Like, I don't have to do that, <laughs> you know? I have no excuse. And I also don't live that far from work. Like, I've, uh, it was so awful. Did you buy Things a were- car? I have not. Do you just walk into work? I walk to work. How long does it take? It's like a 10-minute walk. That's dope. That's what I'm thinking, right? What happens if you have to leave, though? Like, the city because of an asteroid. <laughs> This is everyone get ready to write this down because I have to give Alex Kibler credit for that. I was not expecting <laughs> the twist of the reason that I'd have to leave the city. It's because of an asteroid. I wasn't ready for that. Alex, well done. Thank you. No problem. I mean, you know, Deep but Impact yes, has taught us that you should buy a scooter instead of a car, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> an asteroid. Yeah. Uh, my plan is to just die like everyone else. Okay. How am I supposed to survive that? <laughs> oh, man. That was good. Yeah. Oh, I'm here for you. That. Didn't see that coming. But no, I do not own a car. Okay. I've never owned a car. Really? Do you have a driver's license? Yes, I do. I am a licensed driver, but I've never owned a car. There was just like a family car that I would drive. You know, that was functionally mine, but right. it wasn't my name on the title. That wasn't my property. I wasn't like responsible to maintain the car. Uh, and then after that, I went to college in New York. And therefore, and did I not lived need a in car. New York. I didn't need a car. And I lived in New York for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that school took eight years. <laughs> I did school and then I stayed in the city. Uh, and then I went to grad school in Boston. And Boston's also a town where you don't have to have a car to get around so i didn't get one then either came back to new york which is the second time in new york when I, when we encountered one another 
And now I've moved again. So my entire adult life, I've not owned a car. It's never come up. And if I can keep that, that going. Keep that streak <laughs> alive, baby. That's, well, here, here's the thought. Here's the thought, Alex. This, this was me. And, and maybe I will have to. Like once I get through winter, I'll be like, oh, I regret this decision. But uh, the thought about a car is where I live and the things that I need to do is mostly just go to work and occasionally go to the grocery store. <laughs> like as far as like big projects are concerned, I live within 10 minutes of walking to work, driving to work may take almost as long just to deal with like you have to park someplace. Right. Exactly. It's like traffic and stuff. So you, you may not really save any time. Um, getting groceries does make sense, but the grocery store is less, it's like a mile from where I live. So it's not that far away either. Um, and I'd only be driving once a week if I was just going to the grocery store and I was walking to work. But even if I walked to work and I drove to the grocery store every day per week, I'd be driving, what, 10 miles? Yep. Jeff, you're that's, – that's, that's 500 miles a year. You're savvier than me. I just expected you to buy a car because I thought it was only New Yorkers who were so weird that they didn't have cars. You've enlightened me. And now we know about all of your travel per day and week. I don't go anywhere. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 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 if it turns out like oh i really want to like drive up to montreal or something like okay well then you should have a car uh or if i wanted to go to boston for example yes taking a bus from here to boston is seven dollars it probably costs more in gas to drive to boston oh of course it would yeah and then you'd have to park the car in boston <laughs> yeah that sounds terrible so I don't know. It may not. And then you have to you have to pay. You know, there, there's like titles and fees and taxes and maintenance. It's a whole thing. Uh, you'd be paying hundreds of dollars per month just for the 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 glory of having a car. This is all going to get cut out, by the way. No, no, you keep this. People need to know cars are a scam. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on where you live. It depends on where you live. Do you want to talk about soccer now? I think we should no, probably. No, listen, are you drinking you... red wine out of a beer glass again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Listen, the types of glasses I have are beer glasses. Yes. <laughs> but I buy wine sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. So yeah, there, there, there were games, Alex. Well, one of them could, you could call a game. N- well, I can make an argument. None of them were. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> but there were, there were games on paper. Our glorious United States men's national team, which is the official name of the team. We don't have, like, an, an official nickname, which has bothered me. Wait, is Our Glorious part of it? I wish. The only part of it that's real <laughs> is the United States men's national team. Yeah. That's it. Because when we played Trinidad, and we'll get into that game, they're the Soka Warriors. That's killer. They've got a name. They're literally called Warriors. Everybody's got, everybody's got a, like, a great other name or, or something that's just, like, the color that they are. Well, you know, the when, French or the blue, the blue, when um, this last World Cup cycle, some English announcers were trying to nickname us the Terriers. Oh, rejected. Yeah, they can that. <laughs> they can keep it. Which, <laughs> like, is so funny because it it doesn't say America; it says British interpretation of America. Yes, <laughs> like it, in it, spades. It also make, it makes sense for them to call us that. Exactly, yeah. Oh, they're cute little things. Uh, we do have a Boston Terrier. 
That we would do. Be an American dog. Yeah, that is. I would think you would go with like a pit bull if you're going to use a dog. Yeah. But I'm or not in charge. No, we don't have a good nickname. Like you have the Soka Warriors, you have the Indomitable Lions. Like there are great nicknames out there. Or just the, you know, things like El Tree and Three Lions and all that kind of stuff. It's just better than ours. And the U.S. Men's National Team. Yeah, the United States. Well, that's who we are. But they played a couple of uh, World Cup qualifying games this weekend and games that mattered, which games is the first mattered. time, you know, since the Gold Cup and the other ones that we lost. But <laughs> games that mattered, Jeff. Let's talk about these instead, right? That's, that's how this works. That is how this works. All right. So St. Vincent and the Grenadines went back to St. Louis. It's been a long time since the men's team has played in St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, the women played in the, during the run-up to uh, the Women's World Cup. Huge audience for that. Huge attendance for, for this game in St. Louis against uh, what the British would call a minnow. They're minnows, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Mm-hmm. Not at first, though. No. <laughs> I have to totally admit, I was, I was playing a game. I was playing a video game when the game started. And I was like, oh, it's about over this level or whatever. And Wait, What game? Set the scene. What no, game? It was, it, I was playing Counter-Strike. And it was a competitive game. And it was whatever. So, and huh. It's the part of the story I'm interested in. And um, I was like, well, I can miss the first 10 minutes. It's just St. Vincent and the Grenadines. And I literally turn over my shoulder like this, and they scored as I'm turning over the shoulder. I was like, what? And I literally just quit the game on my computer and went over and started watching the rest of the game. Oh. And thankfully, it went better after that. Oh, my God. How upsetting was that? For it was, real. It was it's in the fifth Vincent. minute. It was in the fifth minute. And they scored, and we're down one nil to St. Vincent and the Grenadines. But they had like two guys, so like you know who could actually play, and the rest of the guys are like mechanics and stuff. <laughs> oh, I was so pissed. Yeah, when that one goal, I'm like, are we, honest to God, gonna lose here to St. Vincent and the Grenadines? And at that point, not only do you fire Klinsman, you get rid of every player. Yeah, <laughs> rid of. Everyone, this is unacceptable. Except Clint Dempsey, who wasn't there. Yeah, Clint Dempsey can stay because he, he skipped the whole thing. But of course, for those of you who watched the game or looked it up, uh, we ended up winning six one, and pretty pretty easily. At pretty what easily. point, though? Let me ask this question. And and Taylor Twelman said this a couple of times during the broadcast. Mm-hmm. At what point? Obviously, you, you know you're a class above. Oh yeah, um, the, it's not the opponent close. here. But at what point do you? If you're Klinsman, or if you're, you know, a U.S. Men's National Team fan, do you say, okay, six is great and all, but you guys aren't exactly blowing their doors off right now? There was not a ton of creativity, despite the fact that we won 6-1. Basically, this team just sort of stood around and parked the bus, and they sort of passed left and right. There wasn't a ton of actual, okay, let's run at them, attacking, uh, until the subs started coming in, and then it Mm -hmm. opened up a little bit. So I guess my question is, do you think... Do you think that they were told to be passive and just, hey, just take what they give you? Is that how Jurgen Klinsen wants his teams to play? Because it sure seems like that they played against Trinidad. Well, I, I don't think that was the instruction. Um, a lot of this was, and th- this is also why that goal against has happened in the fifth minute. It's just not taking the opponent seriously right. at all. Uh, this is a team that's ranked 129th in the world right now. Uh, I didn't know there were that, that many countries. <laughs> uh, there's quite a few more than that, Alex. Okay, good. 
but uh, we'll, we'll we'll get back to the geography lesson later. I think they weren't necessarily taking the opponent seriously just because of how far how far below the United States they are than as far, as far as talent is concerned. Yeah, um, and I think that's what we were seeing. That being said, once the goal happened in the fifth minute, it was a blessing in disguise. They seemed to take it a little more seriously after that. Uh, but after the Fabian Johnson goal in the 29th, they got back to being like, oh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Because the win was secured at that point. Right. Once there were two goals. And what was the – do you have the possession percentage on this? Oh, God. Uh, one, well, I can tell you, though, at one, at, point, at one point it was like 80 85. It, at one point it was 85-15. Like that's, at one point in the match. That's, that's basically all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, they weren't really in this game, and the United States wasn't really trying that hard. This had – there's two moments that I want to talk about. Sure. One is Josie Altidore's goal in the 31st minute. That was so much fun to watch. It was It was a lot of fun to watch, um, but it, it also felt like one of those goals. When you first see it, like in, in real time, felt like another one of those Josie Altidore goals. It's like I'm not sure he was shooting – for a goal, yeah, in the thirty-first, I mean, like that—that that, his second goal was definitely he was trying to do it. But his first one, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if he was, but when they Joe, did it, well, when they did it in slow motion, I'm like, okay, he he was trying, you know, that 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 he was trying to actually. Do. He's just so gangly, and like it's like his body parts don't fit together properly. He runs like Gimli, I, son of Gloin. Like he's just, I don't. Uh, he's an enigma to me. I really don't understand. After this game, yeah, Josie Altador is now number four. I just don't uh, on the top goal scorer list for the U.S. men's national well, team. Well, let me say this. Time. Let me say and, this. And if he keeps scoring at the rate he is scoring and plays as many games as Landon Donovan played. And who knows if he'll be able to pull that off. <laughs> if he plays as many games Landon Donovan played, he'll end his career only like two goals behind Landon Donovan. I just don't – that's hard to fathom to me. And he's I would – He's above Brian McBride. I would tell you that I think that, that that says more about the players around Josie Altidore than about Josie Altidore. Meaning, if McBride had the service and the quality behind him that Altador does, McBride would be far and away a better uh, goal-scoring record than Josie Altador. Josie Altador is scoring at a higher rate than Clint Dempsey, who is on the same teams. (sighs) I just don't understand it. Can someone explain it to me? Because I really just don't understand. I, the reason I point it out is because I feel very similar to you. It's like <laughs> I always feel like, oh, Josie's not getting anything done. The numbers completely disagree with that. All of the stats show that Josie is worth it. All of the stats. But when you watch him, and you know this for you gingers who have been watching the U.S. men's national team, or for that matter, I've ever watched Josie on a club team, you get so frustrated with Josie Altidore because you know how many chances he has to get these things done. And he seemed to miss a lot of these chances. However, like I'm just, I'm looking at the stats. His stats are good. He's 31 goals from 89 caps. But I I feel like this does open up 30 goals from 95 caps. (sighs) That's unbelievable. Eddie Johnson only had 19 goals. Well, Eddie's problem was between his ears and everyone knows that. Ooh, 
It, it is. He didn't have the motivation. He played fewer games. It's not, it's not a great comparison. Eric Winalda had 34 goals. Josie Altidore is only three goals away from Eric Winalda. That's craziness. Anyway, we beat St. Vincent, and it was easy. <laughs> it that was. happened. It was, but that Trinidad game, that was boring as hell, man. It really wasn't great. It so was boring game. LA Galaxy fan, Jeff Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, Ginger's Trinidad nil, USA nil. Played in what looked like a high school football stadium in Trinidad and Tobago. Good crowd, though. The crowd was really into it. Yeah. When you were watching this game, did you notice the Trinidadian national anthem was played with steel drums? Dude, I wish we were that baller. That's all I'm saying. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as that happened, I'm like, I'm in. Let's do this. You should move to Trinidad. Let's do this. Um, So, LA Galaxy fan Jeff Ross. Mm Mm-hmm. Josh Cesar does not avail himself particularly well. He did not have a good match. In this match. He didn't have a good match, and he had a clear shot, went off the woodwork, should have gone in. That wasn't the first one of the evening, but that was one that was most obvious. That was obvious. the glaring one, yeah. It's like, Josh, uh, come on. <laughs> come on, get this done. Uh, but I was telling you this in the, in the pre-show. It, even though it seems like Josh Zardes has been playing on the men's national team for a while, his first game was this year. You know, he, he only joined the team in 2015, and he's been in 18 matches, which ties him for the most of a, a, a debut. With I think it's with Claudia Reyna. I have to look that up. But th- that's the, the equally in the mouth of debut matches. Three goals, one against the Netherlands, one against St. Vincent in the Grenadines, <laughs> and one against Cuba. So he's got like one good goal and two against questionable opponents. Uh, but... This is something you see from Jassy at the, the club level as well. He just has more games. You know, he makes up for it. But there will be games that's just like mind-boggling. How did you not get this done? And I think it's because he's a young player. You know, he wasn't getting real first-team minutes until last season. Yeah. I, it, it, it sort of brings up a larger question, which is sort of around, you know, we are currently coming to an end of 2015. We have... Can you believe it? I know. We have functionally two and a half years from right now to figure out who's going to play forward for us in Russia. And there's a lot that goes into this because you have a player like Josie Altidore who has had injury problems um, and is functionally, you know, he, he, I, I just don't understand how his, his body scores goals in the game of soccer. It just makes no sense to me. So at some point, if he becomes somehow less effective than he currently is, Clint Dempsey's not a young man. You have a lot of players who are sort of waiting in the wings, but none of them have really shown it massively consistently on a, on a routine basis. You know, Bobby Wood had a hot couple of games. Jordan Morris has had a hot couple of games. What does forward look like this time in, say, uh, 2017, the winter leading into the World Cup? Well, in the past 12 months of the about 60 different U.S. men's national team players that have been called in over that period of time, Josie Aldador is still the second highest goal scorer that was called in. It's him and Clint Dempsey. That's what that's who you have, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that, that's those are your guys who are getting it done. 
Um, and you'll love this. The person who's third is, is Chris Wondolowski, who, Wando! I, don't think, who I don't think is going to get called in anymore. But he's you're, of uh, goal scorers. He's the third highest. Uh, I'm sorry, of forwards. Technically, Demarcus Beasley has scored more goals. Wow. Demarcus Beasley has, and uh, Michael Bradley has scored more goals than Chris Wondolowski. But Michael Bradley has a lot more games. Anyway, I like what I've seen from Bobby Wood. Remember, folks, he's 23. He's a really young man. I like what I've seen from Jordan Morris, but he's 21. He's a very young man, and he doesn't play pro, which I think is worth pointing out. Uh, but I do think we'll see more of Bobby Wood. I do think we'll, we'll definitely see more from Josie, whether we like it or not. All right, it's happening. I think Clint Dempsey will be back. He's an option. Uh, Aaron Johansson, who's injured right now, we've never really seen that much from him because he seems to be hurt a lot. But if he's healthy, like that's something I think you could actually depend on. He's a good one. Here's one for you. Yeah. You're not going to like it. Juan Agadello. He's only uh, 22. He's a young man. He really is. I, I, I wonder if he's physical enough to play in CONCACAF with meaningful minutes. You know, he's had games where he's run, he's run a, right around defenders, but he's also had games where he's been pretty ineffective because they pressured him so, so much. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I sort of wonder what he would be like playing in this region, uh, like long term. And I sort of have the same thought about Johansson. I mean, the thing with Johansson mm-hmm. is he's extremely clinical. He pops up in great places. He scored an insane amount of goals mm-hmm. uh, for his club teams over the last few years uh, when he's healthy. He has a great goal-scoring rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't really you know, ever translated to men's national team um, success. Oh, but Early in his career. Yeah, but only in limited doses as well. Sure. So it's... It's tough to it's tough to sort of get a gauge on those guys. They haven't really had a chance to sort of okay. This is what I'm about for a year, a year and a half, two years consistently. I actually want to see Darlington Nagby moved up front. Really, with, with uh, Josie Altador. I'm curious what that would look like. I would a short like guy standing next to a tall guy. <laughs> You're garbage. <laughs> I'm curious if if something like that could work. Um, it, it, you'd have this player who has a little more creativity than than Josie does. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested in that pairing. I'm also interested in seeing what Darlington Nagby and Bobby Wood would look like together. Don't also point out their height, but <laughs> like those <laughs> things are interesting to me. Although I think Darlington Nagby is probably better suited in the midfield. I'm just curious about those things. Andrew Wooten. I believe that's a Wooten. However, his last name is pronounced. Has only had one cap. This guy plays out in, in Germany. I don't know anything about him. I don't really either, unfortunately. And I would just like to see what he has. Like he's called in. He's been called in a couple of times. He's, he's got a match under his belt. Like, is he any good? I have no idea. Uh, and Rubio Rubin, we haven't really seen anything from. Very young, 19. Um, I'm not on the Julian Green bandwagon, so I'm not depending on that. Yeah. Like that's at least not now. So I guess what I'd like to see is Clint Dempsey back. I would like to see uh, I'd like to see Zardes out there. When Zardes is paying attention, it works. We'll have to see. Uh, I, this sort of you know, Who's your guys. Who are you taking? <sighs> Two dudes. Well, this actually leads into our next conversation, which is if I think if Jordan Morris gets the right professional contract, he has a big, big future with this team. I, I think at this point. Stanford is sort of holding him back from a soccer perspective. 
obviously not maybe from a, a from a human being perspective, but from a soccer perspective, if you're wanting to put all of your eggs in the basket of soccer, if you're Jordan Morris, you've learned about as much as you can playing with Stanford University students. And you are at a skill level where you can score goals and have one of the best dummies I've ever seen against Germany that led to our game-winning goal. You're simply not going to advance much past the level that you are while playing at Stanford. Um, He needs to get the right situation professionally. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he's going to be turning pro very soon. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got to get the right situation whether that's an mls which apparently rumors have it that he's been offered a record homegrown contract from the seattle sounders um or whether that's abroad you know it's hard to say but like i i think if he finds the right situation then he's very very much in the conversation because i've said this before mm-hmm. he is what josie Altador thinks he is Ooh, Josie Altador, top four scorer of the U.S. <laughs> national all, team. When you say that, though, all that does is make me optimistic for Jordan Morris. Ooh, touche. Gauntlet thrown. We should get Josie on the show. We I should. It would be great. I just want to see him yeah. tear you apart. <laughs> I just really want to see that. All right. So a couple of things. If I'm Jordan Morris, I'm taking the Seattle deal. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to get minutes. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. You go over in Europe, it's it's crapshoot whether you're actually going to play. Seattle will play. They're, as you like to point out, they're getting old. Yeah, they're I, getting I, very very old. It's going to really have. A, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say it's really going to have to do with what. I like that Oba, you said, go ahead, and you immediately. Yeah, I'm just going to start talking again. But what Obafemi Martins? You know, I'm not sure what his contract situation is currently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, right now four is pretty packed. But. I do think in the next year or so, there's going to be quite a bit of minutes available at that position for them. Yeah, I, I think that's the the way to go. Um, they are your academy. Like, that's where you were trained, and they have an investment in you turning out. Also, I think the Seattle Sounders organization would be very motivated to put you in a position where you can be sold for even more money. Uh, so if you have any ambitions to go elsewhere, that might be a good place to start. And this little tidbit that I discovered very recently, Jordan Morris's father, Dr. Michael Morris, is a doctor for the Seattle Sounders. Really? This is like the family business. No way. Really? That's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. His his dad is the chief medical director of the Seattle Sounders. That's so amazing. I, I really think he's going to stay at least for the first round, you know, for like the first year or so, and then probably move on uh, after the fact. Because once again, Seattle Sounders just, want that money. And keep in mind, Jordan Morris, he's from Seattle. Yeah. That's his team. It'd be really cool to see him in that jersey. It like, really that'd be would. great. It, it's just like when uh, uh, DeAndre Yedlin put on that shirt. He's a Seattle kid. Like those things are great, and we're starting to see those moments. Ajaxi Zardes is from Los Angeles. The mm-hmm. LA Galaxy are his team. We're starting to see those more and more, um, and I just think those things are cool. But anyway, tidbit: his dad works for the Seattle Sounders. Might be a motivation. Also, we might be able to put in the good word. A couple of other interesting sort of personnel notes around the U.S. men's national team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were watching, you would have noticed that you saw two separate goalkeepers. Um, in in what? Was I one of them? No. Were you? Oh, damn. Wait. Did was that you? 
<laughs> I snuck in. You and Tim Howard typically don't look a lot alike, although I wasn't paying attention that closely. <laughs> He's a little bit taller. Slightly. And that does he still have like the big beard? I know he has a little beard. I uh, miss like I the giant beard. Yeah, his 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 World Cup beard. Yeah, one heck of a beard. Well, anyway, anyway moving on. Yeah, so uh, against St. Vincent and the Grenadines, mm-hmm. um, you had the tried and true reliable services of one Brad Guzan, and against um, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, you had the return, the starting return of Tim Howard who, if I'm remembering correctly, has not started since the World Cup. Is that properly correct? Okay. Um, it's been a while. Now, Jurgen Klinsmann early on this, this past week made the decision to say, okay, I want to start one or the other in one game and one in the other game. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I find he started Tim Howard in the Trinidad and Tobago game. Is it reading too much between the lines to think, okay, if that's the case, if you're going to put Tim Howard against the better side – is Tim not your number one keeper right now? Maybe not on paper, but functionally. I'm assuming that Tim Howard is number one because of those two games, like the game that mattered, <laughs> the game that, yeah. that really you needed to be sure you had a decent, you know, goalkeeper there uh, was the Trinidad game. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was that was the match, and you put Tim Howard in that. Makes me think that you have a preference there. And slight correction, Gingers, I, I had to double check. Uh, Tim Howard did start the Costa Rica game that we lost, that friendly. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, at yes, Red Bull Arena. Uh, yeah, he I did, was there. I can't remember. I didn't that. remember that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was you. I was six literally other right there. I, yeah. I don't know. It was me, good. my friend James, my friend Giomar, and like and four guys. It. Yeah. That was it. There was <laughs> nobody at that game. How sad. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Brad Guzan, who's a phenomenal keeper. Uh, and I think he, he does very, very well and absolutely can start for us. In fact, he's done so 41 times. So it's mm-hmm. not like he's incapable. Um, but I, I, think, I think it's Tim Howard's team. Um, and it's just a matter of him, quote unquote, earning it back. Because he was gone for a year. And Klinsman wants to show, like, oh, anybody, you know, no one has a guarantee here. Anybody can come up. It's a next man up kind of situation. But he's Tim Howard. Come on. Well, they're both great shot stoppers. I think what you get with Tim Howard is you get a much more commanding figure in the box. Tim is far more likely to come out for, like, a 50-50 ball, make plays Mm -hmm. away from his goal than you're going to get out of a Guzan. Um, And so I feel like he's – at a, at a defensive position, which we have not been great at over the last mm. few years, you, you want to have that big marshal back there uh, who can take con- charge of his own penalty area. And you, and you get some of that with Guzan, and he's a great shot stopper, like I was saying, but not to the extent that you get with Tim Howard. Do you think, uh, do you think Guzan should try to find his way out of Aston Villa? You know, I, I think my question, I guess, is where would he realistically go? Fair. Because, you know, he's playing right now in England. Mm-hmm. He likes it in England from all reports. Um, he starts. His only other gig would be to be a lower tier side. He probably wouldn't make as much money. The facilities wouldn't be nice. You know, the thing with, with Aston Villa is that's a very old, proud club. Um, you know, traditionally one of the big teams in England, although they haven't been great for the last yeah, couple decades. But um, <laughs> great old ground there um, at Villa Park. So it's just a matter of you, you have a, probably a pretty cushy scenario you're you have a safe job and if mm-hmm. they can stay up this season i don't see why you would leave 
Yeah, and the only reason I bring it up is because they are literally at the bottom of the table. Yeah, and, and they're they're going to be in a fight um, to stay up this season. <sighs> they really are. They um, really are. I know we don't dive into uh, the Premier League on, on this show, but because that's an American plane over there, we brought up Brad Guzan. Just curious about his club situation, but he is starting there. That's good. Tim Howard, of course, starting in Everton and has been for ages. Uh, I, I think we have so much depth in goalkeeper on the United States that we're fortunate to have these kinds of discussions. That the person we have as a quote-unquote backup would yeah. start on any other CONCACAF team. Like, that's what we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's such a great position to be in. And we've had depth at goalkeeper for a long time. Why? And the third-tier guy is Bill Hamid. Yeah, he's the one who can't get on the field. That's incredible. Hamid, he would who, play for probably all but Mexico in this region. Oh, yeah. And be starter. And honestly, he might even – well, yeah, he couldn't get Mexico. But, but uh, and this is a team – we're not even talking about Nick Ramondo who didn't make this roster. Who's the yeah. keeper? Not talking about Sean Johnson, who's had an injury plagued year this year, but also an excellent keeper. Like, we have these guys. If I was a young player and I played goalkeeper, I would just give up on any dream playing for the United States. Mm-hmm. How are you going to get through all of this? It's incredible, isn't it? I, 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 How are you going to get through this? I, I oh. think it's because we have so many hormones in our chicken, we get really tall. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> we do, but there may be some truth to what you're hinting at that there are some big Americans. Yeah, we're large people. Big people. Uh, <laughs> Which is nice and, when you're a keeper. Oh, my God. So nice. And I feel like it should work for forwards. Our forwards are not – well, Josie's big, but they're not that huge. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more of these guys who are like 6'4", and they're a, you know, a defensive midfielder. It's like, okay. Yeah. I think we're going to end up being a really tall team. Mm-hmm. Like globally speaking, like tall and big. We'll be like the Netherlands. We'll just be huge. Yeah, yeah. Massive humans. Before we leave, I just want to say really quickly, fun mm. fact about Aston Villa. You, you sort of associate them with being mediocre right now, but they are only one of seven clubs that have never been relegated from the Premier League. <sighs> On a list with <laughs> Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, Manchester United, and Tottenham Hotspur. Manchester City is not on that list. Newcastle United is not on that list. Some traditional big names that not have been relegated, those. not the villains. This might, this might change. Yep. <laughs> might change. yep. It's looking rough, folks. But it's early going. I know I'm getting ahead of myself and all that. But anyway, the big answer to your question, I still think it's Tim Howard's team. We'll see. And we don't really have any matches until what, like February? It's going to be a while. Yeah, it is. This is, a, this is a long process, the World Cup qualifying cycle. I think at the first stage is 10 months, and then it's another 8 or 10 months in the hex. You oh. know, it's, it's, um, it's a slog. Um, so it's a matter of sort of saying the course. And, and being, I think, if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, being open to new talent influx into your squad when you can. That's what January mm-hmm. camp is for. Let's mm-hmm. make good use of it. Make very good use of it. And correction, March is the next game we have scheduled right now. I imagine we'll come up with something. We usually do something in January, but uh, that's a while. As far as games that count, yeah, March. Guatemala, that's going to be tough, actually. Good luck. But speaking of U.S. men's national team things, my best friend, <laughs> only because I brought it up yeah. last time, uh, Kakuta Mana is in the news again. Yeah. Wants to play for the USA. Wants to play for the USA. Just like I said. 
Mm-hmm. You're right. Very podcast. Yeah. Uh, once played for the USA. Also, he does live in Point Roberts, Washington. The yes. article confirmed that. He's only 10 months away. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that this is means a twenty-year-old man. This is this by the is time ridiculous. the hex rolls around, he could be you know very well entrenched in camp. It's amazing. He Can you plays. imagine a midfield with Mane, Darlington, Nagby, and DeAndre Edlin? That's a track meet. We'd be so fast, yeah. so unbelievably fast. Which is honestly a criticism that I have of our team on occasion. Is that I I feel like we have such great athletes in this country, and with the exception of a few people, we don't really make good use of them on the soccer pitch. We don't. We like we have DeAndre Yedlin and we have Demarcus Beasley, who's a thousand years old. Yes, and is still one of the fastest, if not the fastest, player on the team. We should have more speed than we have. We should have a lot more speed. Well, the argument, of course, has always been that these great athletes go and play other sports. You know, there have been some, like, the the Reggie Bushes of the world. Yeah, you go play football. Like, if you were were a kid, you're, you're, you're in high school, you're in middle school or whatever, and you show some propensity for, like, being fast. The football coach, the track and field coach, someone else is going to get you before the soccer team coach has come try out. And there's, there's more upside if you are good at football or you can run the 100 meter or whatever the situation is. Um, and that's the argument. And you hear this all the time. Like, where, where, why is LeBron James a basketball player and not a soccer player? I would say his build is not correct. No, it's to not. Play soccer. <laughs> he could be a keeper. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe he could do that. I, I don't think he could be Boy, like, that stupid headband on the back half of his head. Look like a fryer. Listen, he's balding. <laughs> that's, that's the situation here. Uh, you hear that argument a lot. Uh, and, and I do understand you know, the, the fundamentals to it. But um, a lot of the people that get picked, like theoretically for it, are like that. Like, this guy would never, he doesn't have the correct build for this. This never would have happened. Yeah, I feel like the people who make that argument are picking the wrong examples. They are. I think like, if Reg- you. Reggie Bush is a better example. Reggie Bush this is a great like example. jacked up now, but obviously he wasn't always. In but. college, he was very sprightly and thin and could run around basically everyone. He was probably, you know, one of the most dynamic athletes in the country when he was at USC his senior year like, uh, in terms of, of any level. Um, you know, and then he bulked up because he thought he had to in the NFL and never really got well, off the ground. Well, but... he did. He used to get injured all the time. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, he continued getting injured all the yeah. time. So it didn't really, it really pan out. Um, he played for years. Where I know this isn't an NFL podcast, but he had a decently long career for a running back. Like running backs only last like two seasons. He had at least five. But but anyway, that's not the point. Uh, but players like that who play positions like that like uh nfl safeties or dbs yeah uh-huh. could be somebody like that um i could see someone with that level of athleticism if coach whoever caught them earlier yeah uh, they could be someone who's playing uh, you hear that argument a lot and every now and then you'll find out that that kid did play soccer and just like well football made more sense and it does and of course it does exactly if of course it does. Pos- if you're in a position where you can choose between those two sports, first of all, you're in a blessed position. I'll take one money, please. <laughs> and you'd be a fool not to. Yeah. As much as I love soccer, like, if you had the possibility of, oh, or you could be an NFL wide receiver. It's like, I'll be an NFL wide receiver. I mean, this conversation might be different in 10 or 20 years, but... For right now? Yeah. 
wide wide receiver all all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. But if you're like five nine, you're not going to be an NFL wide receiver. Back to Kakuta Mane, I'm hoping to see him in 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 camp as soon as possible. This this might be a situation where next January, not this coming January, but next January, you're like, all right, let's see what you got, kid. And of yeah. course, we don't know what his club situation is going to be at that time. You know, he's playing great for Vancouver right now, and, and I don't think Vancouver. At some point, though, he's going to get a payday if he keeps playing like he is right now. Yeah, um, and I don't know what his contract situation is, but um, he—he's a star player for Vancouver. He's played great every season. Played great this season. He's dangerous. People don't know quite what to do with him. And quite in like how to deal with him. Well, what I love about him is that he'll try stuff. You you don't see enough players anymore who are willing to try crazy things. Take you know like run at a defender. It's it, you mm-hmm. know he's only twenty years old. I can't get over that. Yeah, just because he's been a pro for multiple seasons now, like, he's only twenty. He reminds me of Diego Fagundes in that regard. Exciting like, prospect. It's like I feel like this guy's been playing forever, and he has been playing for like four or five seasons or something. And you look up, it's like, oh yeah, but he's uh, he's twenty two or like, he's twenty one. What? I'm always sad that we didn't actually hold on to Diego Fagundes. I know why we didn't, but it's just disappointing that he ultimately went to Uruguay. Mm-hmm. Oh, he wasn't an American citizen. That's really what did. <laughs> that's that's part of the problem, certainly. That's really the issue. <laughs> yeah, he's not a citizen of the United States. Uh, it's a little tougher to hold on to those ones. Generally speaking, yes. Uh, a lot of leeway, but I look forward to seeing him on the team because uh, I think as soon as he's eligible, similar to the Darlington Nagby situation, he'll get called in yep. unless he's hurt. Lock him uh, up. And that's the other thing. Klinsman wants to lock people up. As soon as they say they have any interests, like, we'll take you. And uh, I don't want to be—I don't want to miss out on the fact that Matt Miazga also made his U.S. Men's National Team. That's right. Debut. We sort of skipped over that. Yeah, uh, yeah. against St. Vincent the Grenadines. Uh, he didn't get that many minutes. But. He didn't. You know, and he's the type of player who um, he is such a physical. He's such a, a, a towering presence at mm-hmm. center back. You know, he's really. You're going to get a lot of looks in a system where you take a lot of set pieces like we do. Mm-hmm. But also you're going to see him on the ball more on teams um, that sort of play a little bit more attacking out of the center back position, which is rare, but it does happen. And that's very much not Jurgen Klinsmann. So it's mm. interesting to see sort of where he fits in you know, along that back line. Right now I think you still have sort of your set <laughs> guys, but I think he could be one for the future. He absolutely can be. He's another one of these people who stands at six foot four, which massive. is a massive, massive size. Uh, he's already getting attention from European clubs. I don't think he's going this off season, but um, people are looking. That's a good start. He is a bright future. He got capped. I think he's a project player for the U.S. men's national team. I don't think he's someone who's going to get called in in every camp, but I fully expect to see him in January. Yes, hundred percent. Fully expect to see him. Couple quick notes before we get to the league games this weekend jeff also before you get to your quick notes we have to we have a note about the podcast itself we need to get to at some point i don't know if you want to do that at this point or after the games i'll leave that up to you but i'm just putting that on no please go ahead well we're gonna take a little bit of time off gingers we need a break too guys we need a break too we're gonna have an off season it's not gonna be very long (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, after the MLS Cup final, uh, there's going to be a podcast that following week. And then we're going to go dark for, what was it, four weeks? And we're About gonna come a month, back, yeah. And we're going to come back in January, and we're going to be on Tuesdays. 
this show is moving to Tuesday nights or we're Tuesday finally, whenever's. Whenever's. <laughs> we're finally taking the advice that we've been given on multiple occasions. Why the heck do you release on Fridays? <laughs> we're gonna switch days. Uh, and if I recall correctly, we're looking at January nineteenth for season two. That might be might change. So don't right, hold us to that. Yeah. We're working it out. But uh, we're, we're gonna take a little time off. Um, change is coming like, to a show near you. Because we have families. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they haven't seen us in years. No. Um, uh, so basically, how it will work, and we're we're still you know locking down the exact dates. But what you should expect as a loyal ginger listener is after the MLS Cup final, we'll do a podcast after that, and then you won't hear from us until uh, the draft happens. Which you're not; those two things are not that far apart. No, but um, that's that's the break, and then. We come back. Maybe we're going to France. Still working out the details. <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk about working. France at a later time. Still working out details. Namely, I have to – this is on me, Gingers. I'm often the person who has to figure out the crazy part of the crazy plans. Uh, I have to figure out if we can actually make that happen. Namely, will Bob Bradley speak to us? <laughs> <laughs> that's a big That's a big part of the question. Because if he won't, I'm not going to pay thousands of yeah. dollars to go to France. <laughs> Forget it. I need a proper vacation at that point. Uh, but if Bob Bradley will talk to us, I'll find a way. We'll, I don't know. Sell some drugs. Don't do that, kids. Anyway, Alex, you had some ideas. Yeah. Uh, according to Don Garber, mm-hmm. the end of this one-owner, multiple-team era is about to come to an end. Oh, my God. The Anschutz family is about to sell the Houston Dynamo. Good for the league? Uh, excellent for the league. I had a when, when they were first talking about this, Ages ago, there were like four owners in MLS. Yeah. <laughs> they owned all the teams. Uh, and it sounded kind of crazy. Like, you're going to find another owner? Good luck. But it is showing time and time again getting a different uh, – teams that don't have – I'm sorry, owners that don't have multiple teams um, are seem to be way more focused on making the team they have successful. Yes. Now, the Houston Dynamo are co-owned – uh, Oscar De La Hoya's company is the other owner of the Houston Dynamo. And I don't know if they're going to end up being majority or 100% owners. I don't know the details there. But I do like the idea that ownership's going to be focused because clearly AEG's focus is the LA Galaxy. Yeah. That's clear to everyone. <laughs> like that's, that's where they're putting all of their effort. Um, and the Houston Dynamo, they have a they have a fantastic stadium. They, even though not all of their player acquisitions have worked out the way they wanted them to, they clearly are spending the real money to get players. So there's no like fear about getting players. Um, but it'd be great if they had an ownership group that was 100 percent focused. Like, hey, we own the Houston Dynamo. That's what we want to do, and that's where we're going to make happen. So I think it's good for the league. I think it's even better for Houston itself. And good luck to whoever it is ultimately owns that team. I think the more influx of owners and minds in that sort of ownership fraternity that you get that are not of the mindset that we should be a league that avoids failing above putting uh, over putting that over success, the better. I, I think we have we still have a lot of remnants of the whole. Hey, this thing might actually go under. And not mm-hmm. enough people who are willing to really step out on the apex of that wave and ride it. And so I think, generally speaking, this has got to be a good thing. Um, um, it's a great thing. I think, anyway. 
I think it's, it's a great thing. One more note really quickly, though. Oh. Apparently, there's talks that for future MLS expansion that the expansion draft might not be a thing. When I first read this, I didn't like it. Maybe it's because it's just yet another change. But when I, when I really thought about it, really read, like, what, what is the plan or alleged plan, like, I get where they're coming from because depth is such an issue on MLS teams. Such an issue. In every expansion draft, like, yeah, you can hold on to your stars, but you have to give up a role player of some value. You do, 100%. Like, you have to. And you don't want to. And the reason you don't want to is you have all these other games you have to play. You've got to play U.S. Open Cup games. You've got to play if you've qualified for the CONCACAF Champions League. And let's just face it, just the wear and tear of a season. Like, well, someone will get hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. There will be suspensions. Like things will happen. You have to give up a, a good system player or role player or something to another team. And then on the bad side, if you're an expansion team, you get all these scrap heap players. Yeah. You get these players that in some way, shape, or form were expendable. I, I, I think you also have the added benefit of Patrick Vieira doesn't have to learn how this works. <laughs> 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 you wouldn't have to anyway. You wouldn't be subject to do an expansion. They are going draft. to take our players? How can oh, they take I, I our wish, players? I wish he sounded exactly <laughs> like that. He does have an accent, but not that good. No. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> Jeff, oh, there's league games this weekend. What? Yeah, son. Leg one of both conference finals are Sunday, November 22nd. Uh,. Eastern Conference first is set at 5 p.m. Columbus Crew play host to the New York Red Bulls in leg one. That's on ESPN, 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. In a normal week, I would say this is one to watch, Gingers, but you should really be watching all these yeah, games. Yeah, please, There's what are you doing? Two. If you're not watching, what are you doing? What are you doing? You listen to the podcast, but you don't watch the games. Exactly. You have no excuse. You listen to us <laughs> ramble for an hour and talk about why you should have a car or not. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I've got reasons. <laughs> uh this is a tough one for me because I made the horrible mistake of going against hashtag new crew when they played Montreal. I'm going to take hashtag new crew at home, hmm. but a low scoring one nil victory, which won't be enough by the way. I think there's no chance you hold Red Bulls goalless, but I would say that a one, one draw is perfectly within the realm of possibility and everyone goes home disappointed. There it um, is. You got to say that part. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part of a draw. Um, and then Sunday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. That's 4.30 in Portland. Uh, on Fox Sports 1, they play host and leg one to FC Dallas. Man, Pacific time is so far away. That's it really is. thirty. Goodness. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this. Guys, I'm sorry. Gingers, where are my manners? I don't know if you gingers remember this, but there was a Dallas-Portland Timbers game during the regular season when Oscar Perea and Caleb Porter did not seem to be getting along. Mm. There was a whole, like, mm-hmm. throwing a tissue at each other. It yeah. Was <laughs> it was really amazing. It was great. I don't think either of them forgot about this event. I'm taking a Portland Timbers <laughs> win at home. This one's gonna get. This one's gonna get vicious. This is gonna get. This one's gonna get a nasty game. Someone's getting ejected. But I'm taking a three-two Portland. Jeff. Uh oh. Portland Timbers two. Uh oh. FC Dallas three. How dare you? 
I don't how want it to happen. You. Listen. How dare you? Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just giving you the message. Who, who am I supposed to shoot? Well, somebody else. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, really, if I'm totally honest with you. Somebody else. <laughs> Somebody's not me. That's who you shoot. Anybody else. Come on now. Ways that you can get in touch with us gingers. Good question. How? At Straight Red Pod on Twitter. That's the show. At Jeff is Famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. At Alex S. Kibler on Twitter. That's me. The S stands for soccer. Straight Red at iCloud.com. Straight Red Podcast on Instagram. Facebook. at No, that's wrong. Hang on. And Straight Red on Facebook. That's it. <laughs> we need to update. A lot of everything. <laughs> we don't. We don't do. Next season, we promise to be better at that, Gingers. Let's just hire your girlfriend to do it, or just pro bono. Why can't she just do it? I'm gonna tell her that you said you sh- she should do it for free. <laughs> okay, and then I'll tell her that you said it, and then hopefully she'll do it. That's how it works, right? It's yeah. now time for quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you got for the Gingers tonight? Sometimes, yeah. Thanksgiving rolls around. And you, you being me, are going to travel. You're going to be one of those people that travels that day before Thanksgiving, which mm-hmm. is just going to be a nightmare. It is not <laughs> going to be great yet. No, I'm going to be so upset. I'll regret it as soon as I start doing it. But that would mean I will be back in New York around the same time that this very podcast is recorded. The question, Gingers, is will Alex Kibler be around and we can make this happen once more? In the proper straight red plex. No. No, of course not. <laughs> it's going to be in Virginia. I'm in Virginia. <laughs> it's going to be in Virginia. I tried, but hey, I, you I get mean, to... I wanted to let the mystery... <laughs> this is what you should do. You should come here, and then I'll record the show from Big Stone Gap, Virginia. Is your girlfriend going to be here? Yes. Right? I'll, just get, I'll just have her let me in. Perfect. <laughs> I like, I'm here to record. <laughs> I don't know. Anything works. How, how could that go wrong? We actually do have to figure out some kind of plan. <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with that next week. Go forth in soccer, Gingers. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful.